What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show, where we go from struggle to flow. You can tell a lot about a person by the people they keep around them. And no, this isn't the trite, you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Although that is a true statement that you tend to have your exposure limited with those in the same vicinity as you, there is truth to that statement. And in a way, this is about show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. But it's not quite like that in the same reason that you think. Again, it's not that it's invalid that your friends are probably a reflection of you and how much I can expect from you. That is true. But what I also mean by that is, separate from the value judgment of your friends and what your friends might amount to and your comparison to what you might amount to as a group of you together, almost grouping you in as the same kind of people, aside from that value judgment, what I mean when I say, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are, I mean it here from more of the place deeper than those value judgments. More so about how deep are those relationships with the people that you have around you. I mean, even if those five people sum total to a bunch of bums, are those bums willing to die for you? Hilariously, I read the other day that most relationships are tested when someone needs a ride to the airport. And again, I'm clarifying, to me, it's less important the quality of your friend's success metrics and what they have in their bank accounts and more about how the quality and the depth of your friendships are. What's the health metrics of your friendships, not the success metrics of your friends? And that doesn't always mean that you have to have the same friend for many years. Although it is a vouch for your character and it does make you seem more sane and not as crazy that at least someone can stand you and stand by you for a length of time. Having seen the churn and burn type of people in my life, it's hard to judge from a snapshot from those churn and burn people. It's hard to judge from a snapshot of their relationships whether they are sane because these churn and burn types of people tend to be master manipulators and have no problem building a crowd around them. So the test for these people does weigh more on the end of how long before they burn all their current bridges and have to move and reinvent themselves. So it's not about a snapshot of their relationships because they may seem healthy, but with them, yes, I'm looking for length of time and how many people stick by them and how many relationships they might have burnt already and have to walk away from and reinvent themselves. It's definitely somewhat of a red flag if you have no longer-term relationships. But I said that it doesn't mean that you have to know people for years for that depth of relationship to be there. Because it isn't the time that is the real difference maker in having a close bond. Aside from timing in somebody's life, the right timing basic chemistry, and a match in values, it really does come down to how genuine 
each person feels around each other, how much they can use those other things like chemistry and matching values to then fully express themselves. And this conversation is about one of the ways to keep a relationship fresh while adding depth at the same time. And why do I say fresh? Because one of the reasons I've seen people get closed off as they get older and in turn let less people into their hearts is because of this exposure and vulnerability when you have to show yourself to a person. And that opening up and surrendering is required for true intimacy. But it's a high-risk, high-reward road that we tend to not go down as we get older and more rigid and less open and more busy in our own lives. Because, I mean, why let someone new in anyway? No new friends, right? Time has shown us that an increasing level of comfort with a person tends to invite opinions and increasing encroachment which we can interpret as disrespect at times. So why let anyone get that comfortable with us? We believe that letting somebody get close to us invites disrespect. So that's why I said fresh, because how do you build a relationship with somebody and reach depths that feel like you've known each other for years, but still have that freshness where they don't feel that the familiarity is breeding disrespect. Because if that's the case, why let anyone get comfortable with us? Better to remain in our untouched bubbles, if that's the case. So knowing this about the tendency for us to get more protective as we get older, and I guess it makes sense because we have to protect more as we get older because we have more to protect, or at least we think we do. Our personhoods and our identities build worlds around us that we get attached to, so half of our energy gets diverted in just protecting what we have built up. So knowing this tendency for us to get more protective, more closed off, less likely to be vulnerable with other people in fear that people won't know their boundaries and encroach onto us prematurely or faster than we're ready for, knowing this tendency exists, in the acknowledgement of this tendency, I've come up with a strategy, something I've applied my entire life that I call and distinguish as rights versus privileges. And as counterintuitive as it sounds, even in the deepest depth of a relationship 20 years in, what I'm proposing, what I propose, even in those longest of relationships or the newest ones, is to build it with permission and to keep it strong every step along the way with permission. What the hell does that even mean, T? It means because most people are cautious about expanding their boundaries to let new people in, this tendency that we acknowledged. I'm always sure to make sure that they understand that I acknowledge what a privilege it is that they let me in. And so I never take for granted the intimacy that they have allowed me to be let into. And by 
taking it for granted. I mean, even in the most literal of sense. So the person knows that they have the right to exercise and maintain that closeness, or they can make the choice to not without any awkwardness or possible dual feelings. I present them with that choice every time I ask for permission. See, what I've seen that happens a lot is that one person in the relationship tends to believe they are closer than the other person believes. So somewhere in there, there was a disconnect in communication or someone read the wrong signals over time or someone is more needy than the other person or someone tends to love faster than the other person. Whatever the reason is, the disconnect exists. Now, what happens is in the one person who doesn't feel as close, that that person feels a slight annoyance with the other person who seemingly imposes themselves and their intimacy onto the estranged one. And this disconnect in one person and overreach in the other person has a duality to it that just brews over time. And unfortunately leads to sometimes abrupt endings of relationships that leaves one person confused and the other person relieved. The point is that on both ends, we fail to have regular checkpoints to test the integrity of the relationship and make sure we're still on the same page. It's a form of communication. And that means every so often, the person who feels more intimacy should do a sanity check and a poke check to see if the other person is keeping up with them or not. And vice versa. Again, this is to address our human tendency to shut down, to not let people in. So the reality is that no one can impose their way into our hearts. We have to choose to let them in every step of the way. You can only be close to someone with their permission. So how do you know you have it? And once you feel you have it, can you assume it's yours to keep? forever? The answer to me is no. And that's what I distinguish between rights and privileges. We naturally have the tendency to get so comfortable with the things that we get used to having around. We're so used to having it around that we just expect it to be around, like maybe a place in someone's life, that over time we take it for granted that it doesn't have to be that way. Meaning, just because you have achieved a level of intimacy or closeness in bond with someone doesn't mean it's your right to keep. At every step of the way, it's a privilege for you to have it and experience it. And it would behoove you to treat it as such. This is why most of us tend to be most abusive to the people closest to us because we abuse the fact that the stakes are so high for them to leave us and the likelihood of them leaving us is so low that we can use that to our advantage and abuse them in false belief of our right over them with this subtle sadistic knowledge that they aren't going anywhere. Again, in inversion theory like Charlie Munger, this is exactly how you would have the opposite of a healthy relationship. Think that you have attained some level of right over someone and you can do with it as you please like it's a possession. The reality is that everything, 
no matter how long with a person, every day of them extending continued intimacy and closeness and trust with you is a privilege for you to experience. It's never something you ever get to own or should count on like it's yours to expect. And they should always be aware of the fact that they are making that conscious choice and that you cherish them for that choice that they, that they make to choose you every day. Just because they woke up and chose you every day for the past 20 years does not mean that the next day they wake up to choose you again is any less meaningful. Don't you know that another choice exists? And that it is your privilege to still have that place with them. It doesn't have to be that way, right? And I tend to take this into the most literal of senses. I've been in car rides with best of friends of mine who when sitting in their car and they're known to have a pack of gum or a pack of cigarettes which they have shared with me on several occasions never have they ever made me feel like what was there was something I had to ask for to use the kind of friends I have would take their shirt off their back to give me but still Again, in the most literal applications of this to drive the point home, even though I may have just smoked a cigarette with them from that pack or have taken gum from that container many times, I never, ever pick up that pack or container and take it like it's mine. No matter how many times it was shared with me, if I want it again, I ask if I can have one no matter how many years I've known this person, no matter how much we've shared together, I want to give them the choice to say no at any given time. I want them to know I don't just assume what they gave me five minutes ago is for me to take again, and now it's some free reign. I need them to know that they are never without the choice in what they extend to me. I never take the place someone has given me and assume I can go and have that place again in the next moment. I always ask for permission to have it again. I always honor that it was given to me. I always respect and express gratitude to them for sharing something with me that they may have shared a thousand times before. Because even another piece of gum from a container I've taken from ten times before is still never diminished in its value when extended again with love. It means so much more than that piece of gum. And it means so much more to me when I ask for it and not just assume that it's mine because it was given to me before. And to flip this for a second, I'm a sales and marketing guy by trade my entire career. So I'm actually in the opposite camp when it comes to permission in most aspects of life outside of relationships. Just to be clear about this, I tend to ask for forgiveness and not permission for the sake of being goal-oriented in most other aspects of life. I've never let rules and regulations and processes or anything get in the way of what needs to get accomplished. So permission 
in most aspects of life will slow you down and it's not worth it. Ask for forgiveness. Get it done. But most of the things do not have sensitivity levels of humans. So it does not apply to relationships at all. And again, the benefit of this is for both parties involved. You and the person you are relating with. These checkpoints of permission every step of the way give you and the person to gradually get on the same page about what level of intimacy you're building towards. It will save the one person from assuming he's closer than he is and acting as such, possibly offending the other person by getting too close and personal. And it gives the other person the safety they desire for the boundaries that they want to expand on their own accord, at their own speed, when they are most comfortable. And they get the comfort of knowing that if any particular day their mood is different or that they don't feel the same or they feel more threatened than they did last time, it gives them the comfort at every step of the way to not extend you that permission, to not offer you that piece of gum. And listen, if you're like me and take things too far, I can tell you after practicing this and being this way for the greater half of my life, it can drive some people crazy who actually do feel close to you and don't want you to ask for permission every time. It can come across as you needing reassurance. But to these people, I say I love you and thank you and I cherish your willingness to extend your permission cookie past one day to maybe 30 days or however longer. But I know even you wouldn't appreciate if I started treating my privileges as rights and underappreciated the intimacy that you lend to me. I know it's not mine to have, not mine to keep. And so though I appreciate that you are willing to extend the need for me to ask for permission as often as I do. Because as humans, I don't ever have a way of knowing what the appropriate interval is or when the winds shift or the moods change in the other direction. Pardon me while I continue to remain permission-based. And yes, I'm guilty of taking this too far and driving my girl mad. Again, because I don't assume... I have earned some place with her or anyone that buys me anything because of the once accrued intimacy. I can take this too far because every day is a fresh day for me with someone, meaning so I don't ever think or take the last 20 years with them as anything that buys me anything with them, nor do I ever assume that the person I've known to feel a certain way for 20 years still feels that way the next morning. I don't assume that. I give them the choice to change their mind on the next day whenever they want. And for someone who wants the comfort of waking up to someone they've spent 20 years with, I can understand how it can drive you mad when that person asks you for the same level of permission as he would when we were strangers. But again, pardon me while I remain cautiously optimistic about our intimacy. I know I say this about so many of the things that I come on here and talk about when it comes to relationships, but if there was ever one thing I can attribute to the health and continued deepening of my relationships, the ever-growing respect I tend to experience in my bonds, I would attribute a lot of it to this understanding of human nature. 
we are all so unlikely to let new people in because of not having some safe system to escalate in our intimacy while having a form of communication around the conscious choice that we are making. And if more of us, when we met each other tomorrow, when we opened our eyes to our spouses, sat in the cars with our best friends, if we all simply brought back to the forefront the buried choices we've made to get to this level of intimacy and cherish that choice and ask for permission to have it again tomorrow, then I think we would reconnect and we would instantly feel an adoration for the person in front of us that we probably haven't experienced in years. All because they remind us that time with us, it's a privilege, not a right, nothing to be taken for granted. And in that reminder that they value us, we remember we are valuable. I love you, family. Always a blessing to be with you. Never is it any less. See you on the next show.